and I was determined no longer to be that terrified kid that I'd been throughout the whole of my life. Hello and welcome to another episode of Live Through That, the companion podcast to my book of the same name where I look at influential 90s musicians and where they are today. I'm Mike Hipple and on this podcast we'll dig a little deeper into a pivotal moment into the lives of some of the artists I feature in my book. On this week's episode, we're talking to Scottish musician Leslie Rankin, aka Ruby. She started Ruby with producer Mark Walk in 1993 and they released their eponymous album Saltpeter in 1995. That album, along with records from Portishead and Tricky, formed the basis of what was then called Trip Hop, music taking influences from jazz, hip-hop, and electronic beats and combining them into one unique experience. Leslie added a ferocious bite to her music that she continues to bring to her creative endeavors today. Timing didn't work out to get Ruby in my book, but I'm glad we got her here on the podcast. She tells her story of how she was able to overcome a painful shyness on her way to becoming the fierce performer that she is today. So um, you want to talk about pivotal moments. I think um, there's one, the only one really in my whole life that sticks out that really has got nothing to do with music, but if it did not happen, I don't think any of my life would have happened the way it has. It it was because when I was a small kid, I was just extremely shy, like painfully, painfully shy terrified of everybody shy I used to hide behind my mother all the time and hide if I saw somebody coming down the street that I thought might talk to me I would hide in doorways or I would I would go down another street or anything to avoid the attention of other people and I found uh, making friends at school impossible and I was probably a bit autistic really a bit further along the, the autistic spectrum I don't know but um my uh, ability to converse with other people or deal with other people was just, it was extraordinarily painful. And I avoided people like the plague and especially other kids. I didn't understand how they made friends with each other and they always seemed to be talking a language that I didn't understand. And I was just a complete out there, oddball, you know, shunned by everybody else in the school kind of thing. But until I went to a new school, moved house to this new town and I went to a new school. And the first day, of course, I was the centre of attention because I was the new kid in the school and everybody wanted to ask me questions about where I came from and, you know, who was my mum and what, you know, what did did our family do and where did we live and all that kind of thing. So and at break time, I was out in the playground and I was just surrounded by all these kids in my class and it was like I was <clears throat> I was walk walk taking steps backward to kind of try and get away from them and and they kept they were kept coming forward and and asking me more and more questions and 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 I've, I found it extremely uncomfortable as I usually would I was would usually have just run away but it got to the point where 
I was backed up against the wall, like literally, and I could feel the the wall at my back and the bits of the bricks sticking out and stuff. And it, and it was like this switch turned in my head. And I was saying to myself, no, I'm not going to be that terrified kid. And that was about 10 or 10 and a half. And I was determined no longer to be that terrified kid that I'd been throughout the whole of my life and the oddball and the, you know, the reject and, you know, all the other things I used to get called. And it's like as if I pushed off against the wall, like from my back, you know, like I pushed myself forward into these kids and forced myself to talk to them and to answer their questions. And and that was the, the turning point in my life that, that I stopped hiding from, you know, other human beings. And I think if I hadn't done that and had that moment, there's no way I would ever have gotten up on, on a stage or, you know, and I certainly wouldn't be talking to you now. <laughs> nice as you are. <laughs> so that's, that's my pivotal moment. Every human being needs connection with other people and we get so much out of it. Our lives are so enriched by connecting with other people that I was just desperate for it. I think I was just, I was so sick to death of being the oddball standing in the corner that nobody would talk to because she was just weird, you know? And one of the, it was funny, at my old school before I left, the day that I was leaving, this really horrible cliquey, like the head of the clique girls uh, said to me, oh, it's, it's not that we don't like you, it's just that you're so weird, you know, as the reason why they'd all ignored me for whatever, five years, the whole of my school career. Even when people would talk to me, <sighs> being in a class was really difficult, you know, and, and I was terrified of any attention from the teacher. And I think... I, the whole process of dealing with the other kids in the class or dealing with the teacher was just a nightmare from start to finish. Really, I just found it so difficult to to converse with people, and also I was I would get so nervous that I would stutter and stuff, and you know, and not say the right thing. I would get my greetings mixed up. Like if somebody said hello, I'd say happy birthday. <laughs> You know, there was quite a few times where I just come out with odd, oddball, weirdo, like inappropriate stuff. You know, not inappropriate, bad, but just like this is not what you see in this occasion. I always had dreams of being in a band, like, you know, most kids who love music. And we were brought up in a very musical family. There was always music on and, and you know, and my brother always wanted to be a musician. So he, he never did anything else. So I always kind of followed in his footsteps. But I was still really shy and I never really got into bands until my friend answered an ad in Melody Maker or something for a, a drummer. She was a drummer and she was too shy herself to go to the audition on her own. So she took me along and she got the job, job as a drummer 
uh, and uh, they were saying, oh, do you know anybody who can sing? And she pointed to me. <laughs> and so at that, at that time, and as with most things in my life, I just say yes. And, uh, and then I ended up being a singer in this, this like, uh, garage band this week and doing doing 1960s 13th floor elevators type covers and stuff just a covers band um so that's where i started that's where i did my first gig the first gig was just absolutely terrifying and really shit and i wanted to do it again and again and again <laughs> you know like you know it's like bungee jumping off the side of a cliff that it, that's what it felt like not like not that I've ever bungee jumped off the side of a cliff, but I can imagine that's what it felt like. But I just wanted to do it again. If you love music, and it, certainly at that time, music was the, the be-all and end-all of my life. There was nothing more important than that in my life. So, you know, you, you, you have to do it. Thank you, Leslie, for taking the time to tell this story all the way from Scotland. And now, here are some of Leslie's current inspirations. I'm constantly inspired by just about everything. Anything that walks, breathes, or, you know, comes anywhere near me. I think uh, music-wise, I always like stuff like Fortet and John Hopkins and James Blake and, and stuff like Young Fathers and stuff I've recently started listen a wee bit to um, people like Salt and uh, someone called Yuki Ami, I don't know if you've heard of them, and Sam Fat, I love his voice. Voices always in, inspire me, but to be honest, the past couple of years I've been working so much on my own music, I've got very little time to listen to anybody else's. But, and, um, and also I've started painting again, because I used to do art quite a lot um, years ago. So I've started painting again. So um, paintings inspire me. Any kind of artwork really inspires me. You know, I, I, I very rarely look at anything on social media these days apart from art and artists. Yeah. And I just uh, scroll and scroll and scroll and suck all that stuff up. So I find all that really inspiring. And that's it for today's episode. You can buy my book, Live Through That, that features other artists from the 90s wherever you buy your books. Or you can get 15% off that book by using the promo code PODCAST15 by ordering at the link on the podcast page. And if you like this show, please subscribe so you'll know when the latest episode comes out. You can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Mike Hipple Photo, all one word. Thanks for listening. See you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.